Alright, man. Uh, first, I want to introduce myself. Uh, my name is Jabril Osman. I have a platform called Studio One, uh, where I interview international artists and local artists like yourself. Uh, it started about four months ago. Uh, I filmed the show with my friend Mike, who does the filming and editing and all that sort. So great to have you on Studio One. Uh, before cool. we before we begin, can you just briefly introduce yourself, and then we'll get right to it. Cool. Yeah, uh, my name is Paul Chin. I'm a producer, DJ, lover, fan, student of music. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much what I do. Cool. So what I find really interesting, like right from the start, is that um, you were playing piano because you were put into it when you were really young, when you were four years old. Um, talk to me what that what was like, and tell me how you really kept the passion of music going because some people are put into like sports or teams or anything like that but you've kept it going from such a young age so can you touch on those two things yeah yeah totally and i mean it's it's you know not an uncommon story at all right like everyone either knows someone or knows someone who knows someone whose parents put them in music lessons uh at a young age um you know i think at least generationally speaking, there's been there this sort of expectation that, uh, yeah, you know, music lessons or sports or whatever, um, but in particular music, as in, as far as my experience goes, um, there's kind of like a, a prestige that comes with that. Uh, and, you know, you put your kids into these extracurriculars because you want them to develop these skills and discipline and all this other kind of stuff. Um, and I think, you know, Another part of it is also just like give them something to do, keep them busy, keep them occupied, um, keep them out of my hair. Yeah. And for so that was like probably a part of it for my parents. It was like, yeah, like we my parents are both teachers, so like very academically prioritized individuals. Like that was my whole life and it was all like from the time I was young, it was all stuff that was gonna be like, what's gonna get him ahead? What's going to, you know, get him to skip a grade or skip a level or, uh, you know, what's going to look on his CV when he's applying for, uh, you know, post-secondary education, all this other kind of stuff. So, um, you know, again, none of this is uncommon. And so a big part of what kept me in music was, frankly, my mom just being like, no, you're not allowed to quit this because you have to stick with this. Um, I think part of that was just, again, like that, that strive for discipline and having something to, um, uh, yeah, put that sort of like discipline in my life, inject that into my life and routine. Um, but I think also part of it was like, she recognized very early on, Oh, he's actually good at this, right? Like, it's not just that, uh, he's doing this and it's something for him to do and he'll just continue to do it. But she, picked up on it. It was like, Oh no, he actually has a knack for this. He's good at this. He has a, a, an inclination for, for this music stuff. And so, you know, piano is what I started with, but then like when I was like old enough to go to school and join band and all this other stuff, then it was like, okay, so what's the next instrument you're going to learn? What's the next instrument yeah. you're going to learn? And it was like a, yeah, like from age four through 17, there was always, some structured form of of music education in my life right and so that was that was all i knew 
Um, but when, after like 17 and like I left home and like graduated and all this other stuff, I was like, oh, wait a second. For the first time in my entire life that I can remember, I don't have somewhere to be or something to do. Um, like I don't, I'm not accountable to anybody for my music. Like no one, no one's right? pushing like you. It's all on you. Exactly. Exactly. I don't have anywhere that is like requiring me to like do this or requiring me to put in these hours of practice or requiring me to like perform or any of this stuff. Um, and I really noticed it and I really felt it. And, um, I felt like the void that that kind of left, um, you know, you, you spend your entire life in school being like, oh man, I don't have any time to do anything because I have all these things that are already lined up and my entire life is accounted for based on like the schedule. Uh, and then you're out of school for the first time and it's like, well, actually I have all the time now. I have all the time. What, what, what did I think I was going to fill it with? Yeah. And you know, you are, you're always like, oh yeah, when I, when I don't have to go to school anymore, I'm just going to like watch TV and you know, read books and play video games and all this other stuff I wanted to, I wish I had more time for and hang out with friends, all this other stuff I wish I had more time for. And then you realize, actually, I don't need that much time to do all of those things. You do all those things and you're still left with like, you know, several hours of your day. Um, and so that was kind of the point I realized, oh yeah, like I actually, you know, so much of my life has revolved around music, not just like, you know, as a fan, but like also as like a student and, and practitioner, um, so to speak. And so that was kind of the point where I like really just made the decision. Oh, so I guess this is something I want in my life. And, you know, I'd always just kind of assumed that because again, it was just all I knew, but I finally like realized, Oh, like actually I could stop this. I could stop and no one would ever, no one would ever follow up and no one would ever ask about it. Um, but that was kind of the moment where I was like, Oh, actually I do want to do this and I do want this to be a part of my life. And yeah, that was kind of the, the point where I had to figure out what was next and what life was going to look like after like music lessons. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's really when I just decided to start exploring, you know, the self-directed exploration of like all this other musical stuff and how to again use apply everything i learned about like studying and practicing and, and learning music um in an academic sense or like for perform the sake of performance and evaluation and started to just apply that apply all those skills to you know stuff that i was interested in which was like you know making rap beats and like yeah. instrumental electronic stuff and all this other kind of and like, you know, producing on a computer and all this other, you know, these things that were new to me at the time. Um, and now here I am. Yeah. And going back to your high school roots when you're joining band and doing those things, um, talk to me about artists that you were listening to at the time. Uh, talk to me about some of the music that you were playing in band and going from playing piano. Talk about learning other instruments. Yeah, so uh, I think I feel like my experience in band was like not uncommon. Yeah, very similar to like other people I've spoken to who like you know grew up in other places and did band. It was like you know you had the classic you know uh, stripped down 
versions of like the theme songs from popular movies. Uh, so we like played Pirates of the Caribbean, Star Wars, uh, you know, Jurassic Park, all of those things. Um, I also that was like concert band. I also joined the swing band when I was playing saxophone and trumpet for a little bit as well. Um, and so we were also just playing like big band standards as, and stuff like that. Um, and so it was all just these like little teases into like popular music, um, as you know, as popular as it gets in act like music academia, really. And it was enough to just be like, oh yeah, like actually, all of the stuff that you listen to and all the stuff that you connect with, because you know, movie the- like iconic movie theme songs, they're just as they're just as memorable as like you know yeah. any top forty like banger, right? And they're just as memorable because that music is so well written and it's so um, it does such a great job of. Uh, pinpointing like the exact sort of like musical theory and techniques that like people really respond to and that like can elicit an emotional response um and so that was enough to just kind of like get me thinking like fascinated like intrigued and stuck with it um while i was like you know just being a teenager and listening to like what was popular um and you know for me growing up in the cayman islands what was popular was this like mix of like reggae, dance hall, soca, calypso, hip hop, you know, pop music as yeah. well, because we're an hour flight away from the States and all these other things. So um, yeah, I feel like I was listening to a, like a relatively diverse uh, selection of music. And at the, again, at the time, I never would have known this because it's all I knew. Um, it's all I knew. I didn't know any different that other places just aren't listening to all this stuff all the time or like kids elsewhere aren't listening to this stuff all the time um and i think that also really helped because now i'm piecing stuff together in my mind and all of this is happening subconsciously and i don't realize it but i'm piecing together okay there's the academic like understanding of like how music is written how music is performed and how music is received yeah. uh, and then i'm watching this play out in real time um, by all this music being made on like, you know, computers and MPCs and all these like, and, you know, not and samples and non, you know, orchestral production or composition. And so, yeah, like, you know, growing up listening to like Elephant Man and A Tribe Called Quest and, uh, you know, who was, who was bigger than, and like Lil Bow Wow and, and then like the golden age of like 106 and Park and all yeah. of these the things at the same time as I'm like figuring out like that people respond emotionally to music and I can like actually see the, the emotional response literally like notated on like uh, score sheets. Um, and so, yeah, that was like, I think high school for me was actually a really great and exciting time musically because there was so much I didn't know and so much I was like learning all at the same time. Yeah. I don't think there's ever been another period where there's been as much, uh, I think just novel development and realization all at once. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, it was just like a perfect alignment of, the activities I was doing, the music that was coming out at the time, and, you know, just 
you know, my like age and my youth and my lack of experience or knowledge at the time. Right. So it was, was perfect. I think, I think about the two thousands and the music of the two thousands a lot and everything was insane. Everything was insane and everything was just so out of the realm of like what we knew and, or what like had really been developing at the time. Um, I think about like popular music and, uh, um, you know, particularly like black music. So, you know, uh, disco's transition into disco is transition into, uh, funk and R and B, which, you know, became like the R and B of the eighties, which became like, uh, the R and B and a little bit of the pop music of the nineties. And, uh, all this stuff. There's like a fairly linear yeah. progression for a lot of uh, for a lot of musical traditions. Like certain things very clearly came out of things before it, uh, and then we got to the 2000s, and then all of a sudden, uh, things are being made on computers, and everyone is pulling these sounds, and like you know, you don't necessarily have to have a band to play all of these parts. You can like play a whole orchestra on like a synthesizer. On, it's like, actually a keyboard. Not, not to cut you off, but that I was gonna bring that up uh, just now to, as well because in this era that we're in right now, we could learn so much on the internet. We could learn how to write better. We you know we can do what we're doing right now, like Studio One, like a platform online. And I know for you, yeah. being a producer, being an artist, when you were really starting out, you would scour the web for kids from producers and really learning how they kind yeah. of make what they do. Talk to me about how important the internet was to you as an artist and researching and learning the craft. It was absolutely vital. And even before I started making stuff, like it was the, it was the only, it was my only connection to the outside world, right? It was like my lifeline to what was going on out there. And so, yeah, like, you know, thinking like coming right, coming out of like the early mid, and into the late 2000s when I kind of started making stuff for myself and just like having lived through that whirlwind of just like sounds, just sound, like all literal just sounds that were all composited together to then make music. Um, it was very exciting and it was, and coming out of it and just being like, cool, I've had like almost a decade of this just like soaking into my brain. I have to understand how it happened. I have to understand what goes into it. And so it went from me just like spending, you know, hours on LimeWire or hours like listening to like mixed CDs that, you know, my friends were burning and passing around to now being like, okay, what's behind all of these things? Uh, where do I find, how do I make beats? How do I do that? What do I yeah. do that with? What, what do I download that gives me the same drums that the Neptunes are using or that, uh, Timbaland is using or that Kanye is using uh, how do I chop a sample like what are these samples and so it was like me digging around in Google searches and in forums forever just trying to figure out what all these things are and where they came from and who has them and how I can get them for myself because you know and I think again very similar trajectory to a lot of people that I know uh, and know of like you start making beats by trying to make the beats you already know that people yeah. already have made and you try to, and you try to reverse engineer them. Right. So I was, uh, watching like this interview with Kenny beats and he's talking to T pain, telling him how 
he got into making beats and he just like was remaking Timbaland beats and then playing them for his friends and you know getting that response and that was like really what gave him the confidence to like go to music school and learn to like produce for real and make his own stuff similarly i know like uh toki monster she started off by just trying to make beats like derisa yeah um and eventually like you listen to her stuff now it doesn't sound at all like derisa but that's what that's what she started doing to try to understand what all the steps in the process are right what all the things that you do like how okay so you need drums I'm going to make these drums that sound like this. You need a sample. I'm going to take the sample that sounds like this. You take a like baseline or whatever, right? And then you fit, you get into the practice of that enough, and then you start. Then you can start to figure out. Okay, well, I already know what the Riz's drums would sound like, or I already know what Timbaland's drums would sound like. If I was producing, if I was like programming drums, what would I make? Yeah, and that's kind of where you go from there, right? So for me, it was. Neptune's drum kits, Kanye drum kits, all of this stuff, um, and like later, like Dilla drum samples, and even less so the samples and more really and truly like the actual patterns and swings, um, and yeah, just spending like years just trying to recreate that until I then could figure out, okay, so I can do the, I can I can make a like knockoff Neptune's beat in my sleep. Eep what actually keeps me up what keeps me up at night to like make what is going to be like a challenge what do i actually have in here that i won't rest until i can make it yeah because if i don't if i don't make this like neptune's knockoff beat i'm not worried about it because there were hundreds of actual neptune's beats that the world already has nobody needs me to pretend to be pharrell and chad but if i am going to do this if it's going to be worth anybody's time, what can I deliver that is, I think, like, more unique to my own voice or to my own experience or to my own, like, style? How do I develop a sound? Yeah. And so the internet was very great in giving me all the tools that I, I needed to just start doing the work before, like, start doing the work, like, here before I could start doing the work like here and here. Yeah. So and going away from the hip hop elements of the J Dilla, Neptunes, Kanye, I know when you released your two EPs, you went on a hiatus until coming back with Full Spectrum, you you kind of dipped into like new worlds with anime influences and really listening to like movie scores and I find that really interesting because most of the time like Blade Runner for example the score of those films. Me and my friend talk about that all the time because it makes it like it's just it's so powerful that it changes the landscape of the film. So for you, I know you were you had an interview recently. I forgot who the person was, but you said back in the day, video games they had like game sets where you can listen to music. It was like the lo-fi of, of that time. Talk yeah. to me. Talk to me about how why you felt the need to really put yourself into new worlds and get inspired in that way. And talk to me about how that has influenced the music you've currently been making. Yeah, I think on some level, the thing that's always really gotten me excited about music and about making music was, is like the constant realization that there's so much that I still don't know. There's so much that I still haven't done or tried yet. Um, and so 
I mean, I don't think I intended to take a hiatus as long as I did. That just and it just ended up happening that way. And yeah. I mean, taking breaks is good, but it can also be a trap sometimes. Um, but yeah, like in that time, I really wanted to again make more space for all the stuff I wasn't doing. Um, and much unlike you know when you you want to like not be in school so you can make space to do all the like fun stuff you wish you could be doing. Um, like there actually is an endless, uh, there is an endless supply of stuff that you could be doing musically. Yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah, in that time, like it really ended up being, uh, it really ended up being a matter of just like spending the time on all this stuff and then realizing, oh, like actually I have so much still left to do. And so much, and this is, this is a great use of my time. This is a great use of my time. I'm learning so much and I'm understanding so much more. Um, I'm taking these skill sets that, or I'm taking these tools and adding them to my skill set, which now just makes for a richer uh, sonic palette, as it were. And so there's been a lot of stuff that I've always wanted to do and always wanted to be able to make or make well, um, and just not really had all the... The, the, the practice or the talent to do it right yet. And for me being able to just take the time where I was like, cool, well, I can just make all of this stuff. No one is checking for me. No one is looking for me. No one is expecting to hear any of it. No one's expecting to hear anything like this. Yeah. Uh, and so I could do that. It like really removed, took off a lot of the pressure that I was placing on myself. And yeah, like when I was, was done with it really it was great because i was like okay cool now i've spent all these years doing all this stuff and putting these things in my like arsenal and now i've like again similar to when you try to like make learn to make beats by making beats that you've already heard like i was spending that time trying to make songs or trying to make uh yeah just trying to produce things that sounded similar to other things that i'd already heard but now i'm also coming into that that period with some experience right so i already know how to like play stuff i already know how to play a bunch of instruments i already know like what bass lines and what bass patches and instrument and like synths and stuff i like to use so it was like the kind of like the next level up it was like learning to make beats level two which is okay, so you already have some basic stuff that foundational stuff that you can use anytime. Now here's how you add like uh, stylistic flavor and stylistic flair and reference from all these other things into that. And then again, because my entire, the way my entire brain works is always thinking about like the connections. Yeah. Bless thinking you. about the connections from like different musical traditions to another. Um, you know, I'm pulling in these string samples or writing string lines and, a, and accompaniments that are uh, very like classical or even a little bit disco in nature. And then like, but then I was like, okay, well, I can also like throw this uh, this mallet or this piano line under here. And now it feels a little more anime. And now I throw this 808 and these big drums under here. And now it's like a little bit rave ravey and, yeah. and like all of these things and and 
nobody's hearing any one of those parts uh, isolated from the others. So like when people listen to it, it just sounds like something new and in, invigorating and intriguing um, and people connect to it. But the reason people connect to it is because they've already connected to all the musical traditions that inspired it in the first place. Yeah. And now yeah. two cool that two cool things that I really want to know. Uh, one, uh, how it must have felt like releasing Full Spectrum and finally releasing a body of work after so long. And I know you have a ton of amazing features on the record, but I know Shad in particular is really special to you and connecting with him. So can you talk to me about how it's felt releasing this new body of work and what it means to you and definitely talk about connecting with Shad. Yeah, uh, I'll talk about connecting with Shad first because that's a much happier story. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, like Shad is one of my best friends, uh, definitely like in music and also in my real life. Um, he's just super great. He loves music so much. He loves music so much. And I think what's really great about working with him is like similarly – he picks up on all the references. Like he has a very diverse palette and range of stuff that he's listened to. So he knows so much. Uh, and so he's able to pick up on little things that I'm doing, or even like help me identify some of the things that I'm doing and point to where the, or help me kind of like remember or recall what I've like been influenced by. Um, so working with him is great because he also, he always knows exactly what I'm going for. And, um, and yeah, like he and I just like have a great, like we, we found like our pocket in working together. Um, yeah, connecting with him is, and you know, like having him on this, on this record is really great because like, you know, a decade or more ago, I was like discovering him for the first time. Um, yeah, just like watching the hour, which was like George Strombolopoulos' show at the time. Yeah. And yeah, just like discovering him and being like, oh yeah, this dude's really cool. I love his music and, you know, wanting to like make music like that and make music that like not only just like sounded like stuff I was interested in at the time, but also um, had this component of being able to like really resonate with people and like connect with people and make people feel like they know you or know a part of you better um, because they've listened to the stories you tell in your music. Um, so yeah, that like I, that's why I've always been a fan of his. And so, you know, having become with friends with him over the years and, you know, working with him on his album and learning about like how he makes albums and his whole like process of thinking about things and compiling all this music together. And then, you know, having him work on my on my record as well has been a really great sort of like full circle moment um very happy to have him on here he kills it um i'm always like and i'm always always thinking of stuff to like work on or work on for him or send to him and whatever because again like we have this like great working relationship it's very easy i trust him he trusts me which yeah. I think is like the important thing in your uh, in who you choose to collaborate with. Uh, as for getting this record out, 
it's it's amazing because you work on something for like two years of your life make just making sure that everything meticulously making sure that everything is exactly where it's supposed to be and uh and sounds the way it's supposed to be and you know a line and everything is like planned out to to like the letter and then a global pandemic hits so yeah (laughs) the global pandemic hits and everything gets locked down the day your record comes out so that's been very weird i don't know how i like i don't know if i'm happy about it or upset about it or what it's just weird and i can't stop thinking about it and now this record is always going to be like tied i uh, guess to that is that per- it's, always, it's always going to be permanently linked you know at least in my mind to the like the, this global pandemic yeah um so yeah it's it's super funny because you know the one thing that i said uh when i started this was yeah i want to like do this i want to release this differently i want to do this differently than the records that i've put out before the eps i've put out before because i want on the other side of this i want my life i want something in my life one thing in my life and in my career to feel materially different than the day before it comes out yeah right like Prior to this, I have put out four EPs before this one and a bunch of other miscellaneous things. And it's really been like, you know, I put it out and the day before, the day after, you know, the the project drops has been virtually indistinguishable as far as my career goes and as far as like things that I have in place has been pretty indistinguishable than the, from the day before. And so I was like, I can't let that happen again. Because all this music is so good. Everyone has worked so hard on it. Uh, this is like the best thing I've ever made. So much, there's so much in here that I really, really think people are going to connect to. And so I can't just throw this out into the internet and just have it just disappear into the ether. I like really have to plan things out, make sure that everything is exactly aligned and working out perfectly because I want, on the other side of this, I want to be able to move i want to be able to move forward continue to move forward and accelerate in my career and i want i don't know what it's going to be like i have no management i have no booking agent i have you know very little in terms of like the infrastructure you're supposed to have around you as an artist i'm like yeah on the other side of this i want to be able to start piecing those things together and putting this puzzle together so that i can continue to do what I do without having to do all the, all the parts of like, you know, the, the being like an artist slash business all the time. And so, yeah, I said, I wanted one thing to be materially different on the other side of it. And a lot is very materially <laughs> different. <Yeah. laughs> that lot is different now. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if this is one of those, like, be careful what you wish for situations, but um yeah i mean the one thing that i can really say and i can truly and proudly say is that everyone who listens to it and is listening to it and is sharing it uh is doing so genuinely uh which i think is very important to me as an artist uh there's a there is a lot of very non-committal stuff that you can do to support artists um 
that doesn't really mean anything that and doesn't materially make any difference in their lives but i'm very proud that like a lot of people are really and earnestly sharing this stuff telling their friends about this stuff like really playing this stuff uh going into it like digging deep finding the references you know dming me and texting me and being like man i just picked like listen to this for the x number of time and i picked up on this this is so great and so I'm very proud to say that at least the people who are here and still with me mean it and like mean to be, um, yeah. and you know, they're responding to all the, the parts that I want them to respond to. They're feeling all the things that I want them to get out of They're feeling all the ways that I feel about it, which again, kind of going back to talking about like why I really became a fan of Shad was because I felt like after listening to his albums, I knew him a little better every time and and I feel like people are getting to know me uh, a little better after this and you know that's that's all any of us want right yeah exactly and uh interestingly enough I've interviewed a few artists recently and I usually ask them you know how does the rest of the year look for you like in terms of shows and stuff like that but with a few artists that I've talked to like one uh named Zola out in San Francisco and Larkin's so like a UK act and talking to them, they're not entirely sure because of the corona and things like that. So on this note, when things hopefully do get back to regular schedule programming, what are some things you're excited for? Uh, I really don't know. I, I have this conversation a lot. I don't, I don't know that I necessarily want things to get back to regularly scheduled programming because there were a lot of things wrong with that before. Um, and I think people are very people are always very hesitant to, to talk bad about the status quo when it work, especially when it works for some. Yeah, you never really know what side of like the equation you fall on, right? Like you you can all you know you can always you always have that little bit of hope where it's like, yeah, but I could be next. It could work out for me next, and so you never really want to like dismantle the system, but everything's been dismantled right now. Um, And I think it's one of the cool things is everyone is realizing that, well, Hey, it's none of our faults. Like we didn't do this. Uh, This wasn't something that, you know, collapsed because we failed in any way. It collapsed because the way that it was set up, it was always going to fail given just the right amount of pressure. Um, whatever that may look like. Yeah. And so I think we have a really great and interesting opportunity right now to uh, kind of rebuild the world and in, in rebuild the world that we want. Um, uh, so I would like to see on the other side of this, maybe not regularly scheduled programming, but I think more equitable programming stuff that I think treats people better treats hardworking people better treats uh marginalized people better treats uh people who don't have uh all the pieces of the puzzle and the full you know infrastructure behind them better yeah um that really gives better opportunities to people who uh are really and truly prepared for it prepared to continue to work on it and work toward it um 
yeah, and until then, I'm actually very much enjoying this sort of Wild West uh, free-for, like this gold free-for-all gold rush to the internet and to live streaming right now, because uh, the other night I got to listen to like uh, Diplo and Dylan Francis, and then I just changed, switched over and watched like Questlove DJ for like yeah. several hours. And take a phone call from Stevie Wonder, and like that's not a thing that I ever could have done before. Yeah. Um, yeah, and meanwhile, I also like get to do that stuff myself. I can really do the shows and the setups and all these other kind of weird, I like low pressure ideas from home, and I can share that with people now. Um, and I don't have to vie for the attention of of everybody on the internet and everybody offline doing stuff in the real world i think it's really interesting to see you know everyone finally take advantage of the access we have to some of these fairly nascent tools um and i'm excited about it because i feel i personally feel like i'm very well equipped and prepared for for being you know an artist active on the internet Me too. because i've yeah I spent, I spent my whole I spent my whole life learning and preparing for all of this, right? Like I only got into music because the internet gave me this lifeline and this access to the outside world. So here I am once again, torn <laughs> <laughs> pieces. Yeah. Um, but no, here I am, really and truly, just again, like kind of an island, and the internet is the way that I'm gonna be able to like continue to learn stuff and continue to bring stuff into my own into my own fold but also like be able to get stuff out there and share share with the rest of the world so yeah and i and i excited for everyone else who's eager and eager to do that and working hard to like get themselves together to do stuff like that yeah uh yeah on on the final note yeah for sure i think for me as well i, I feel like my whole career as a writer has been really based on the internet as my as my school and the resources I found on the internet have helped me. So for me, I'm agreeing with you. Like, I'm kind of okay with things because the internet is like where I release content. It's always been kind of like my own safe space to do things. But yeah, um, again, like it's been like an absolute pleasure, man, uh, for you to get on Studio One. I was really looking forward to your show uh, this year uh, to see full spectrum live but i'm sure when things get better eventually we'll connect in the real world but until then um thanks again man it's been a pleasure thank you thank you i appreciate it and yeah stay safe i will see you in the real world whenever we get to get back there yeah for sure all right man take care take it easy studio one